Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 81. We are into our new season of 2019. Uh, this time around, we are following the phases of the moon and we are looking at a trade arc review tonight. And with me, uh, as always, is um, the High Priest of Konshu co-host, Konishu. Konishu, how are you? Hey, I hi. am doing well. I have a fan blasting. I've got things working for <laughs> once. It's so we're all good. really hot up there, I hear. Yeah, oh, you know, it's Queensland. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, very tropical. I'm imagining you in a Hawaiian shirt now with um, some board shorts, maybe... Maybe a, a cocktail or something, as you have uh, cold air blowing onto you. Um, but, you know, that's just me. Uh, anyway, loonies, we are here tonight. And as mentioned, uh, we have a... Uh, let me try and think about this. is a waxing gibbous. So up in the night skies, a waxing gibbous. And Konshu has decreed that we do a trade arc review. And um, Konshu, uh, a little bit of a bungle here um uh with what we were going to do um but nevertheless a, a good story right with yeah. me yes so we're uh covering um ultimate moon ultimate ultimate spider-man <laughs> volume 18 this is one of two moon knight appearances uh the first being around about volume eight i think in an arc called the warriors which is his first ever appearance mm-hmm. um this would denote his last so hold two volumes of ultimate moon knight yeah the other one um covers him better it's a better introduction it's a better look at what goes inside his head which mm-hmm. is what i was kind of looking for but this one is just a really strong story and um i love ultimate spider-man uh, i was the first full run i read when i got back into comics uh, mm-hmm. two three years ago i binged it over one one school holiday all like 200 and something issues wow just all of it, yep, yeah, went all out thanks to Marv Unlimited and stuck with me. And this arc stuck with me a lot too, so it's good to revisit it, holds up. And I'm excited to talk about it. And I hope um, those reading home get tracked down it. Or maybe, I think a lot of people probably read Ultimate Spider-Man. It's mm. a big run. It's a big run, and I think it's readily available. It's been released a few times in trade, but as you say, Konishu, it's it's on Marvel Unlimited. So uh, I think a lot of comic fans would have tapped into Marvel Unlimited. Um, actually, I'm the complete opposite to what you mentioned, Connor, and, and against the grain in a sense, because uh, I haven't read this before. I hadn't read this before um, Crazy. before this episode. I know, and I can't believe I haven't. It is a ripper of a yarn, and it's, uh, yeah, it's something I, I've really got to look into more, Ultimate Spider-Man. I've always liked Spider-Man. I... I Collected the Amazing Spider-Man, Web of Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man back in the 90s. I've been on and off Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, but Ultimates never really kind of appealed to me. But um, have you read any other Ultimate titles, Connor? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think the Ultimate Universe holds up. I didn't come, obviously, I didn't come into it when it was big. Mm. Um, but I think it's it was pretty revolutionary at the time, pushed a lot of really current ideas, but... Mm-hmm. I think the only things these days that really hold up are the first, uh, like, Ultimate X-Men issues mm-hmm. by Hickman. Yep. Um, Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, that's both the Peter and Miles stuff, still holds up. And I think some of the Ultimate Comics X-Men and 
uh, all new ultimates, which were much later nearing the end of the ultimates holds up. The rest is kind of just like edgy, over violent, not quite that well written. So you know, uh, yeah. Well, in any case, I mean, a lot of people do talk about uh, Ultimate Spider-Man being a seminal run. So. Uh, for those loony listeners out there who haven't read Ultimates, um, like myself, maybe the the odd handful, uh, just um, yeah, this is there's no better place to start than this one. Um, and of course, we have our boy Moon Knight in this, so uh, very good indeed. Also, uh, I mentioned as well about Marvel Unlimited. Uh, like most people would have it, I actually I don't. I've unsubscribed to that um, for for a while now. I'm thinking whether I should hop on back onto it, but it's. Um, I mean, I'd be silly not to, wouldn't I? Yeah, only. Oh, I mean, admittedly, I only jump on when I have something I want to read, mm. and then just kind of jump back on. Yeah. Off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm very kind of uh, frugal in that sense. You know, if I, I'm with a subscription, I want to make sure that it's not just lying idle. Um, but there's always plenty to read there, so um, there's no reason why why you shouldn't be on to to Marvel Unlimited. Anyway, so we will be cracking onto that. Uh, as Connor mentioned, it is volume 18. Uh, look, there are many different prints, I believe, of the Ultimates now, so I'm sure there are more complete collections. Um, there was a, a massive distribution of uh, of all the volumes, you know, with this being volume 18 um, back in the day as well. So that's uh, kind of how it's kind of well-known in collected form. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm just wondering if we should maybe crack onto it. We don't have much news, unfortunately. Uh, there's not much news, as as expected, <laughs> with Moon Knight. So uh, we're a bit lean in that regard. Um, with comics, again, I mean, I guess, Connor, comics-wise, um, what you been up to? I know, oh, maybe this would be a good chance to plug. Um, you're selling off a few comics. Yeah, Um I'm, yep, decluttering. I'm going to be a big old uni student, plus new comics coming in, so I'm getting that sweet dollars and selling yeah. off the old ones. Uh, before you, I mean, we, I guess some congratulations are in order as well, Connor Um So, yeah, heading off into a next, um, the next milestone, university, that should be good. Uh, uh, different lifestyle from there, from from the high school, um, uh, but a lot of fun times ahead of, ahead um, for you. So, yeah, um, well done, well done. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's your decluttering. Um, I've had a look uh, for for those learnings keen on maybe nabbing a few back issues that um, that complete your sets. Um, just check out. I believe it's on the. Is it on the long box? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the long box. There's a Facebook group. Um, I'm sure many of you know uh, selling secondhand comics uh, or trades. Uh, Connor is featured on that as well. We'll put that in the show notes, and um, if that's okay, Connor, of course. I mean, like, uh, I think it'd be good to to be able to to um, to see if you can sell off your your um, your collection. Mm, get it out. Yeah, buy some more. <laughs> I'm finally going to invest in those Moon Knight Epic collections as well. Oh, yeah. Get all the runs back under my belt. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. Um, as for comics, uh, current releases and stuff, have you been any top hits for you? Um, there has been uh, a few good ones this week. A uh, big shout-out to um, Chip Zdarsky's uh, Invaders. Ooh, oh. It's a super good 
Awesome, awesome. I have I've got that on my pull list. I haven't read it yet, but it's got Namor, so of course. Um, oh, it's a great Namor. It's probably the it? most I've liked him in some time. You know, it's, great. it's doing him really well. Fantastic. Oh, great. Uh, there was that. What else was there? There was a uh, black. Did you catch Black Widow? Oh, I haven't read that yet. I've got that sitting there. I haven't cracked okay. all of my comics yet. Was that good? Did you read? It? Oh no, I haven't. I haven't got it actually. Um, just I guess funds permitting. Uh, yeah. I've had to. I guess I guess I'll pick that up later. Hopefully, if it's on a sale later, you know, six months or whatever from now. Uh, at the moment, I can't I can't pick it up. Um, Marvel Comics presents that's got Namor in there as well with Cap and and Wolverine. Did you pick that up? No, but I've heard good things. Um, okay. Lovely host Rebecca speaks highly of it. I think. Oh, really? Cool. It's a great Cap bit, great Namor bit, apparently. So. Oh, fantastic. Really? Yeah, that's another one on the uh, on the wish list. Uh, unfortunately, not currently, but uh, yeah, yeah, great. Um, yeah, look, I I've got so much catching up to do. Connoisseur, I'm still I'm still running behind, um, <laughs> but I've got I've got to I've just got to drop by the LCS, pick up the stuff. Uh, but in the meantime, I've been doing a bit of uh, how should I say it? I, I do like organising a lot of stuff, so. Uh, I've got this um, this app. God, I can't, I can't believe what I can't remember what it's called. It's a, a it's comic book database, something like that. Uh, and you can catalog your whole collection. Uh, and you know, so you can use your phone or your tablet, and you can scan the barcode, and you can't you can kind of log your your uh, collection in it. Uh, so it's like a running itinerary of uh, of uh, you know, oh, so not you know, running invoice. Uh, Running list of all your current current um, collection. I've been I've been doing that. That's been pretty pretty cool. Um, been getting that underway. I've, I've been looking at all these past um, collections that I haven't touched for a while. Um, that would be good to reread again. Like I came across Death of Wolverine. Uh, that, that was a really nice. Uh, it was only four parter, but it was drawn by Steve McNiven, Charles Soule. Uh, there's a whole Secret Wars thing. Like, remember how good was Secret Wars, Connor? That was just a... Ugh, all the times as well. All the time, Yeah, the whole thing. Like, the, the the whole package was just so, so good. Uh, so I came across all them again, just kind of reminiscing. But yeah, I uh, haven't, read, haven't read much. I'm doing a bit of um, a read on All-Star Superman. Um, so for the other podcast. Uh, so All-Star Superman by Grant Morrison. And uh, and Frank Quietly, I believe it's, it's really good. It's really good. I um for being someone that hardly knows anything of of Superman in comics, it's um it's quite an entertaining read, and I can see the appeal of how um how Grant Morrison is, is such a such a good writer. Um, I feel like I've been missing out on a lot of his stuff. So um, have you? Are you collecting by chance? Say, uh, I think the current Green Lantern is is written by him. Uh, I'll um, be picking that one up in trade. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Yeah, I do love myself some Grant Morrison, but that one didn't totally grab me to put it onto my pull list. So okay, yeah. But have you read much of his other? Like, I mean, he, apparently he's a he's a god over there at DC, um, and he does write really well. Oh yeah, I've read oh, I love plenty of Morrison stuff. He's doing Patrol Run, uh, the Invisibles, yeah, the Animal Invisibles. Man. Yeah, Animal Man. Yeah, you're right, Animal Man. I I um I remember one of the Isla Ra's. We um. We did Animal Man, which was pretty good. Yes. Uh, Earth 2, Seven Soldiers, We 3. Oh, uh, a lot of stuff for Vertigo as well. Oh, so many books under his belt. The Authority, Wildcats, stuff like that. He's very... 52. I mean, I don't know if it's just for the Superman, this all-star thing. He's very... Um, 
like detailed with his sci-fi. Like he, he seems very knowledgeable with um, like uh, how do you call it? Like extreme science fiction, you know, about technology and and science and how it works. Uh, either that, or it, you know. Either he's applied some knowledge of of real world science and he's taken it to an extreme, or he's he's just blowing it kind of out of his ass. But it's um it's really really good stuff. Um, yeah. So I I can imagine his Green Lantern Lantern will be good. I can imagine his cos- cosmic stuff will be really good because he oh, yeah. um he seems to be very yeah very sci fi brilliant ideas. Yeah yeah yeah. So anyway, um, so we we kind of digress a bit, but uh, yeah, that that's uh, that's kind of what we've been doing, I guess, in comics. Um, uh, I checked out those TKO books. TKO presents. It's got oh, stuff from yeah. uh, Joshua Dies Art, which is my favorite. Ooh, Goodnight Paradise. Right. Yeah, it's a really great sort of crime thriller. We got a war book from uh, Garth Ennis. Oh wow! It's great art by Steve Epting. Um, yeah, absolutely cracked. Uh, yeah, a couple by someone who's just made the transition to comics as well as starting this company. Uh, Sei Shen, uh-huh. maybe it's how pronounced name, did a great like kind of um, Tarantino-esque thriller as well as okay. a great sort of one called Seven Deadly Sins, which I don't really want to kind of spoil. But you can pick up all those first issues for free on their website at tkopresents.com. Wow. And uh, they've released a bunch of different ways. I know they've got them in at King's. You can buy them yes. in several different formats. You can even buy them all in single issues right. uh, or a trade straight away, and they've all been released every issue at once, so it's kind of like binging it. It's kind of like a Netflix, right? Yeah. Uh, cool. Wow, I've never yeah, – I've seen it advertised at King's Comics, which is um, my local um, comic book store, which is uh, which is located in Sydney. But I didn't know what it was about. So they're a new – a new publisher. Yeah, this is yeah, this is their first works. They were announced. They probably came in the market about a couple a month ago. Wow. Okay. They've got stuff. Jeff Lemire's writing one. Oh, I sent geez. it with Gabriel Walter. Oh man, you you already sold me on Josh Dicehart and and Garth Ennis, and now Jeff Lemire as well. Man, that's great. Um, for those who don't know as well, uh, Josh Dicehart, uh, a big big writer for Harbingers. Um, uh, for Valiant Comics, so anyone following Valiant would obviously know his name. Uh, really, really good run he did for Harbinger, uh, Har- Harbingers, I think, which is a which was a core title. Uh, Garth Ennis, I, you know, no one he needs no introduction. I'm sure for anyone listening to this episode, people who like Moon Knight, I'm sure would be actually he would be a great Moon Knight writer, don't you think? Oh, I mean. I don't, I'm not sure I could handle how dark Moon Knight yeah. would get with Garth Ennis, <laughs> but I feel like people would love that. <laughs> exactly. I'm thinking what, he, what he's done for Punisher. Man, he, the stuff he could do for Moon Knight would just blow your mind. Um, so, yeah, he, he's without introduction. And, uh, and he, of course, Jeff Lemire, uh, MK alumni. Uh, fantastic. I'm going to have to check that out. And, again, we'll put it in the show notes. But as well, as Connor says, all fr- uh, a few of the issues are free, right, on their website? Uh, oh, first issue, and first then issue? They're, they're all four-issue minis, so they've Holy. put out four titles, got another four coming. Holy moly. great stuff. Man, okay, I'm going to have to pick that up straight after this. <laughs> straight after this. <laughs> I'm say. Oh, also as well, I guess a quick mention, before we get into our review, uh, the big thing as well in, in the comic book bookie community, uh, the premiere of The Punisher was released on oh. Friday, January 18th on Netflix, the second season starring John Bernthal. Uh, and the likes of God, Ben Barnes, I think that's his name. <laughs> um, yeah, so 
uh, playing Billy Russo, um, aka Jigsaw Konoshu. I know you have a I don't know is it a is it an on and off relationship with Netflix? Uh, are you catching this one at the uh, at this time or? Yeah, I no, I, I didn't even finish the first season. I did want to. It was pretty good from what I saw, but I haven't. Uh, yeah, mm. no, got to get back into it. I must say, Stephen Lightfoot, I believe, is a showrunner. He does like to to put the brakes on a little on on the pacing. Um, look, but when I say that, by no means is that a terrible thing. It actually just draws you in, and and it does give you enough time to spend with the characters there and to. I guess understand and empathise with them a little bit more. Um, so no spoilers here, but obviously um, I, I'm I'm four episodes in. Uh, how far are you, Connor? Oh, three episodes into uh, season one. Okay, yeah. Oh, into season one. Oh, so you're not you're not touching season two yet? No, I haven't even. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, how are you finding season one? Good. Uh, yeah, I saw those first three episodes as they aired. I did like them. I don't know why. Oh, all well, the while well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, prob- I was probably just busy and never went back for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, season two is really good, actually. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, again, look, no spoilers. I've seen the first four. I'd say out of the four episodes, episode four is probably the, um, the the more average out of them all. But uh, episodes one, two, and three, all crackers. So... Uh, Awesome stuff. Going to keep one eye open there for any any reference. Uh, we all know that Netflix has and is most likely going to cancel Jessica Jones and Punisher. So yeah. look, there's been a there's been also a bit of a downer um, kind of vibe around this. I, I've, I just checked a couple of threads and stuff of people talking about Punisher. I'm on a, a couple of Punisher Facebook groups. And people are like, oh yeah, have you caught it yet? And people are responding, oh why bother? You know, it's going to be cancelled. It's like, I think that, that's a bit of a that's a bit of a um, defeatist kind of edit. One, you can still enjoy season two, right? There's no reason, you know, if it's cancelled or not. Um, oh, yeah. you, st- you can still enjoy the hard work and the creativity that's been put into season two. So, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, there's there's that kind of mentality going around, which is unfortunate because that will mean maybe less viewers for Punisher, which would maybe be more of a nail in the coffin for what Netflix has already planned for them. But uh, it shouldn't take away from the quality of the show so far, and it's um, it's pretty good. So, uh, yeah, so Punisher, Netflix. I know a few loonies. I think um, I think our good mate, The Power of Chad, has just finished the whole season. Um, I'm Absolute madman. Absolute madman. He's binged it. He's binged it like a bottle of... Jack Daniels, he's, he's uh, yeah, he's he's done well. Um, but hey, we used to. I did you used to do that? I used to do that. I used to binge. I I, I, I still binge. I watched oh, all do? of okay. Daredevil in one season three in one day. I think watched Whoa! all of the Did as you? Well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, I haven't been something in in ages. I think the most would be maybe three or four episodes, and then I kind of. Okay, no petrol in the tank. I got, you know, <laughs> old man Ray. You know, right next to old man Logan and old man Hawkeye and. What's the other one? Old Man Quill now. He's coming up, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, so you've yeah, got to get to bed soon. Uh, anyway, so uh, how about, Connor, we go to a, a quick break and uh, and we get on with business. Let's do Ultimate Spider-Man, Volume 18. Oh, I will just oh, drop one thing, Yeah, though. sure. A sure. tiniest bit of news. Yep. I'm not going to do something big about it, but there are pretty substantial rumors about Disney Plus and Moon Knight. Obviously, oh, there is yes. nothing concrete, but, yep. for the, for, but these rumors... 
rumors pop up every week discussion but these are probably the most concrete rumors we've had yeah in years so oh, okay salt, but maybe something to watch so when you say concrete i mean i've only seen the one or two threads on it so it's moon knight and century right i've heard century um, is... yeah it's not so much in the same no. show but okay. yeah it's just characters being must be being discussed there or something yeah you know, they're pushing a lot of big things for that service, so yeah. and that's definitely worth, like, coming out. You know, it probably won't amount to anything, but uh, something to keep an eye on as, in, as Disney Plus drops in the next year. Yeah, I reckon there's a bit of smoke and mirrors here as well. I've heard also um, Sif might be getting her own show as well. I believe that was confirmed. Like, that's oh, was official. It? Is it? I think so. So is that is Loki and Scarlet Witch and uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier? Is that all confirmed as well? Yep. Though I know those three are for sure confirmed. Wow. Hundred percent. Loki, Scarlet Witch, Bucky, and Cap. Uh, Bucky and Falcon. Yeah, Falcon. They're all. They're oh, all hundred percent confirmed. So Bucky and Falcon are, are together, are they? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, the Sif one is a rumor. Okay. So that's a more substantial room, but those other three are official confirmed ones. Okay, because I was about to say, you know, every man and his dog seems to be in the Marvel universe seems to be getting a TV show now. So, uh, smoke and mirrors. We don't know what's right. We don't know what's real and what's not. But uh, look, I'll be happy for a Sif one. Um, those others, Loki, Scarlet Wish, Scarlet Witch, yes, please, and um, and Bucky and, and Falcon, of course. I would love to see them on the small screen. But yeah, of course, man, Mooney. Bring it on, you know. Uh, again, I tend to I tend to take this with a grain of salt because you know, Connor. We, how long have we been doing this? Oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> how many times have we heard this sort of stuff? So, um, you know, I just I just want to be surprised one day that a rumor actually come, becomes real. But yeah, that's right. Um, absolutely, Connor. That that was dropped. Um, do we know? That was where- thanks to Rebecca. She popped oh. one into the group. Ah, I appreciate you, Rebecca. Thank you very much. But what's um? Do we know the timing for Disney streaming the service? Nah, nothing confirmed. I believe it's supposed to drop this year, like the service itself. Oh. None of those Marvel shows will be on it. Okay. Um, that Star Wars Mandalorian show. Yep. Is being filmed at the moment, and that's Disney Plus exclusive. So those things okay. have obviously got to match up pretty all right. So yeah, probably yeah later in this in the year, start of next year, we'll see Disney Plus plus more shows hitting it original content. Oh, all right. Well, that, that's mad. I've got to save my pennies to to subscribe to that. Um, I know at the moment in Australia, at least, uh, Stan, um, which is another streaming service, they have got basically most, if not all, the Marvel um, properties, Disney properties. Um, so if you, you know, don't have any Blu-rays or whatever and... Um, and are looking to, to catch up on your MCU stuff. Stan have pretty much all of them there, so um, that, that's good. I don't believe Stan's available in the US, but um, anyway, for, for the Aussie Aussie loonies, there you go. Um, all right then, well, we, we better get to it then. Um, why don't we just, we'll go to a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. Hi, this is Chris. And this is Brian. And we are the hosts of Inner Demons, the Ghost Rider podcast. And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcast apps for all your Ghost Rider needs. Right on.
Yes. Welcome, Looney listeners. This is Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. You are with your two high priests of Konshu, Konshu and Ray. And yes, we are making sure Konshu is served correctly and devoted by his Looney listeners. Uh, and so we here have an offering for him. We have a trade arc review. Uh, and this one was, um, you know, indirectly suggested by Konishu. Happy accident. Happy accident. Uh, yeah, volume 18. Uh, and so, um, Konishu, how about we get into it? Um, have you got perhaps a credits there? So this is, uh, yeah, volume uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, volume 18, uh, Ultimate Knights. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is issue 106 to 111. Mm-hmm. Uh, it debuted... Uh, the trade paperback, at least, I'm just running off that, mm-hmm. was uh, in September 19th, 2007. Uh, we've got uh, writer um, Brian Michael Bendis. We've got uh, penciling duties between Stuart Immonen and Mark Bagley, I believe. Mm-hmm. Stuart Immonen did 111 with Mark Bagley doing the rest, mm-hmm. uh, but split up between them nicely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, yeah, right. Um, I didn't. I actually didn't realize that. Kind of, I just read 111 earlier on, and uh, I saw a lot of Mark Bagley. I didn't. I didn't catch Stuart Eminem, but you're you're right. I mean, um, seamless, seamless transition. Uh, yep. Yeah, so we also have Inkers, Drew Hennessy, Justin Ponser on colorist, uh, VCs Corey Petit, who we all know does Ooh. a lot of Moon Knight stuff, um, and editor Ralph Macchio, not the Karate Kid. So. Um, Konishu, I think last time um, you threw it my way, I might uh, throw it your way. Uh, so how about for these issues, 106 to 11, because we are doing the whole arc, um, can you perhaps deliver a sliver to our loony listeners for this? Easily. So Fisk has been a pain in the neck for uh, New York and Spider-Man since the very beginning, and Daredevil, Shang-Chi... Uh, Moon Knight, uh, Iron Fist, have all butted, Doctor Strange have all butted heads before, but Daredevil comes to a Spider-Man with an ultimatum. It's time to team up and kill Fisk. Thus entails six issues of betrayal and alliances and Fisk thinking he get the upper hand while these guys try to take him down and, yeah, yeah. bring it all on. Yeah, it was, a, it was a very, look, straight off the bat, a very enjoyable arc. I mean, as, as prefixed... Um, at the beginning of the show as well, I had not read Ultimate Spider-Man before, and I just really love this. Um, I was treated with Mark Bagley's art. I mean, we spoke a bit earlier, Connor, about Bagley being... Uh, he's been around for Yonks, hasn't he? Um, and in the 90s, I mean, those will remember Round Robin. Uh, we did that arc review, I think, with um, Josh Geronimo Johnson. Uh, he did that as well back in the 90s. And back in the 90s, his art was really good. Um, really good stuff. These days, I mean, it's, it's still good, but for me, it's, it's slightly different to the 90s. Um, but in Ultimate Spider-Man here, I think he's in his, on his A-game again. So the art was really nice to see, um, a, a, real, a real pleasure to, to, to look at. Um, your thoughts, Connor, as well? Yeah, I think we were talking about this before the show, so I hope I'm not repeating much. But yeah, mm. um, Ultimate Spider-Man was the first big run I read when I got back in a comic, so that's mm. all... 200 and something issues I binge read um, Marvel Unlimited back in the yeah back in the day and uh, this arc yeah really stood out to me um, it's just one I remember so much after reading it and it's just like it's just a great idea uh, it's super fun it's it's got a great 
great message at the heart of it. Um, yeah. Mark Bagley was amazing on this on Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, he did absolutely. just about. I think he did all of the first 133 issues, and I think he does kind of dip in quality. I think just so much after issue 80. Okay. It's still great as we can tell, but those first like one to 80 issues are probably wow. I think, the best arc that Mark Bagley ever did. Wow. So this run, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be a, you know the first to say it, but. You know, this is, this is definitely one of the biggest runs for Spider-Man and just super good, very important. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's um, it's obviously set in the Ultimate Universe, so things are slightly different. I mean, we see we see slight changes. Like, we see Aunt May, she's uh, slightly younger, a little bit more hipper, right, than, than <laughs> the usual Aunt May. Um, Iron Fist, we see, oh, well, I don't know. To me, he seems different because, well, he actually, for one, he's got a kid he mentions here. Uh, so that's, with Colleen, with Colleen, yeah, yeah. So that's different. Um, phys- like physically, he's he's kind of different because I don't know. His his costume's slightly different. And that's all. Um, yeah. So there are slight differences here. Uh, no spoilers here, right, Connor? Because it's I mean I mean spoilers. It's it's how long is it? You said it's about like twelve years old, right? So <laughs> we can talk about it. Um, I haven't read the whole thing, but um, it's, this is so well written, Peter Parker, right? Um, isn't so what happens I guess there's a big gut punch at the end right is, does he die like and that's a whole Miles Morales thing yeah he gets um shot by the Punisher trying to protect Steve Rogers wow um, yeah I mean it's just it, that was at the back of my head when I was reading this I mean I knew that you know obviously these issues none of it would be the issue that he actually does buy it you know but um, I was reading going oh man Peter's such a such you know such a cool guy it's really really well written and oh man I know what's going to happen he's he's actually going to die in this universe and yeah that that kind of had a bit of weight to it I thought for for myself um, what did you think of Peter's um, depiction here uh, any differences that you picked from you know his normal 616 universe persona oh, so- yeah, so the big thing here is that he's still a teenager, so... He's very young, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah dealing yeah, yeah. with girl problems, um, you know. That's right. There's that one bit where um, I think it's a police officer trying to pick up MJ, and she goes, oh, I'm I'm 16. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was, it was one of the uh, damage control construction crew. That's right. He, 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 you know, he kind of flirts with MJ, and she goes, oh, you know, you do realise I'm 16. Uh, yeah, so they are very young, I guess, which is... Um, but as you read through this story... His history is pretty much the same, on point, as 616. I mean, he talks of Ben, Uncle Ben, and with greater power comes greater responsibility. He talks of how he got his spider powers, which is all consistent with uh, the 616 universe. Um, Also, his nemeses, uh, the Osborns, seem to be very similar. Um, So there's not not much change, it seems to him, other than his obvious age. Um, But with Moon Knight, I mean, that's why we're here, Moon Knight seems quite different. Um, And one of the first striking things for me, Connor, was, uh, um, and maybe you can speak to this because you know of Moon Knight in the previous volume, uh, one of his personas is a young girl. What's what's happening there? Yeah, so this, in this... So yeah, um, so yeah, this is kind of one where I cover the first one because it covers it pretty well. But right. this is yeah, this was a really interesting idea, and obviously the Ultimate Universe is based on these big differences entirely the universe. So yeah, in this one, um, Moon Knight only has four personalities: Mark Spector, mm-hmm. um, Stephen Grant, and Moon Knight, and this young girl. The young girl I don't believe is ever named, but she's basically the voice of reason in Mark's head, and they always. Okay. 
talk to themselves within this playground setting. Yeah. The, on the, where the girls constantly feature on the screen. It's odd. But, you know, knowing this isn't the main universe doesn't affect the main depiction. I really like it. I think the back and forth between all of them um, and, you know, the role this little girl plays in Mark's, you know, dilemma. Mm-hmm. I really love, I think, you know, people complained about, you know, Mar- uh, Bendis' own Moonlight in main continuity mm-hmm. that, you know, didn't match up. But this one was the perfect place to explore something like that. Yeah. And did it really well. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was great. I mean, I didn't have much um, background on it. Uh, I just kind of went with the flow, and obviously, you know, things were slightly different. So it's like, okay, well, um, I immediately thought, and of course, it wouldn't be. I immediately, immediately thought it was Dietrich, uh, his daughter. But um, which actually, I'm thinking they have kind of dabbled, I believe, before Bemis with there being a female Moon Knight in alternate universes. And I believe one of them was the daughter. Uh, that's a little tingling thing at the back of my head there, Connor. I, I um, Just when I was reading about Moon Knight, there is a version. So maybe is around... that Moon Knight 2099? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know there was also a um, proposed and cancelled version of... Uh, a story that involved uh, yeah. Mark's daughter years ago. Okay, I think that's what I was... Yeah, one of those things I was thinking about. Anyway, so it's not unheard of um, that there's some sort of, I don't know, female relative for Moon Knight to carry on the flame. Uh, but yeah, I found that quite interesting and the first point of difference. Um, one of the <laughs> main similarities, obviously, is Moon Knight is still perceived as crazy as over here right um and has actually brought even more to the fore actually bendis uses it as one of the main um the main vehicles i think for the plot so what happens is that this group of street level get together um and they they want to take down a kingpin uh, shang chi tried it to be a, a a bodyguard or hitman for Kingpin, but he got found out. But they decided to try it again, and they put Moon Knight in it. And Moon Knight, um, I thought it was pretty cool. He, he turns out to be Ronan. Like, um, uh, I I guess that harkens to Hawkeye's Ronan. Um, is it meant to? Yeah, yeah. even kind of. Yeah. Sorry, Connor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think even the suit's kind of similar. That kind yeah. of ninja aspect. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So, and he very much is, isn't he? In the in the sense, um, I can understand why I think Bendis chose that because Moonot really is a bit unhinged in this, and he takes it to um, you know to the nth degree. And it's even one of the reveals at the end of one of the issues. Uh, he's asked to actually bring Spider Man to Kingpin um, and to gain Kingpin's trust. Um, I guess he really goes to, to full lengths to... Uh, he beats up Spider-Man at the school. He, he enters the high school, causes a lot of damage, um, and and swings away with Spider-Man, um, kind of half-beaten. So, um, which I, I don't know. I think is pretty un- unlikely, considering Spider-Man, his power set is, is quite... He's quite powerful. Um, I, I'm not sure how Moon Knight... Could... He used to dart, though, didn't he? Oh, he, he is a dart. Of, he did. He did, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Well, Spider Man hits him first, and surely that would have knocked him unconscious. But he's a tough hombre. Um, 
And I like how you look into his mind and uh, so you have him face down in, in the water and stuff and the little girl's saying, you know, wake up and don't do this. And he actually has another identity within his head, which is like a Ronin identity. Um, so Takes over. Which yeah, is- uh, which is kind of like the uncontrollable, um, almost evil, bad kind of thing. So uh, Isamuno plays a, a, a huge role here. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts, Connor. I mean, I know this is an ultimate universe, and we get the likes of, as I mentioned, uh, slight changes to Iron Fist. We see Doctor Strange as a, a TV personality. I mean, that he keeps on talking about how he's a high-profile celebrity, still the Sorcerer Supreme. But um, what do you think of um, Bendis' um, use, I guess, of Moon Knight? Yeah, no, like I said, I'm a I'm a big fan of this representation. It's like mm. a non-canon, you know. Yeah. Well, it's canon, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the Ultimate Universe didn't die, I guess he could pop over. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is a brilliant way to totally re-examine Moon Knight. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and yeah, I just, yeah. I mean, it isn't for everyone. Um, a lot of people do have their problems with this, but I think the the way the girl's used as a voice of reason, I just love. And yeah, I think we're going to check out that first arc as well. And I think the interaction there are brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I guess I was thinking, I mean, you're right. I mean, you did mention it before. And I, and I think the saving grace for this is, as you say, things are a little bit more flexible in the ultimate universe. You can do things that you, you know, that you can just say, well, it's a different version of Moon Knight. So, um, Bennis certainly does handle him differently. I, I actually enjoyed how, well, I guess my enjoyment came from the fact that Moon Knight was actually used as more than just a peripheral character, you know? Uh, so many times Moon Knight's just like part of the supporting cast and uh, he's there because he's a pretty cool-looking character, but he doesn't actually add much to to um, to the overall kind of team. This time round, he has a, an important role in the whole thing. Um, you know, albeit Iron Fist... We find out at the end, Danny uh, is the is the mole, so to speak, um, and the informant for Kingpin. So Danny is, you know, quite the villain. Um, but Moon Knight has a chance here to um, to be uh, to be the villain, but also to be the point of um, of empathy for us as well. Because uh, I really like that that bit kind of towards the end where Kingpin is interrogating Spider Man. And he's really just, you know, doing a number on him. Uh, and then you have Moon Knight there standing as Ronin. And he turns around and he just, he knows that he's Moon Knight. And he smashes him, the Kingpin. And he just beats up on him. Uh, and he ends up getting shot by the river. Yeah, and that's kind of the way for him turns back. You know, it's really kind of almost heroic in its own sense yeah. of turning in his own identity as well to stop Kingpin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what did you make of his? Is this another another case of Moon Knight getting resurrected by by Konshu? I think so. I think that moon is a bit too well framed in that panel. Yeah, that was a, a massive moon as well. Oh, you're right. Um, the moon was shown there as well, I guess, but it, it's a a bit less. Oh, it's a bit more ambiguous. But surely it is Konshu resurrecting him again. Uh, but yeah, because how could you walk away from uh, literally a point blank shot to the head, right? So um, don't know how that happens. But yep. Yeah, but Moon Knight comes back. Um, yeah, uh, 
I, I guess that I think to me that was the main point um, of the of the thing. Uh, also, veering a little away from Moon Knight, um, what did you think of Kingpin's uh, ultimate? Um, I guess agreement with Daredevil. I love that. So yeah, I think the big crux of this, you know, mm. uh, Moon Knight, you know, uh, definitely a great part of this. But this is a really, this is really between uh, Spider Man and Daredevil. Mm. And there's an annual before this where Spider Man and Daredevil first meet up, and they make reference to it, uh, where um, I think he. Uh, for, I'll pull it up in a second. Oh, where he quotes, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, quotes what he said to him, and yeah, Peter and Spider Man, uh, Peter and Matt hated each other because Matt didn't want a kid running around in the suit, mm. and you know, Spider Man just wanted to be a hero, so they hated each other, and you know, this was a big clash of their personalities. But I think it's the strength of this relies in both Daredevils and Spider Man's different resolve and super heroics, how they clash and how they come together in the end, with Spider Man convincing Daredevil, you know, that murder isn't the way. Yeah, and that, and that's such a good strong crux. You know, these are different versions of both Spider Man and Daredevil, but they still bring together what I love most of those two characters, and they're pretty high up. And you know, Daredevil, I guess, killing Kingpin still fairly present in our heads with our Daredevil season three too. You know, mm. so I feel like this was, you know, this was a great bit. Yeah, and that final, and it really just brings together that final scene. Uh, sorry, the final oh of um. Yeah, convincing, you know, where he gives that oh, speech yes. yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. to not become the villain. Yes. Yeah, it was it was a slightly different Daredevil. I guess that dynamic grew from the fact that Peter's so young because, um, yeah, in the normal universe, that generally doesn't happen. Um, but, yeah, that, that um, final confrontation with the Kingpin I thought was great. And we had typical Kingpin, didn't we, as well, uh, after... He was threatened by them, uh, basically because Daredevil threatens to kill Vanessa, which is a very extreme kind of thing that I guess the normal Daredevil wouldn't do. Um, but it forces Kingpin to basically, well, Daredevil says, just get out of the country. Just take whatever you, you have or whatever. I don't care. All this blood, blood money that you have, just go. Um, do not interfere with us. Uh, do not interfere with New York. Um, but typical King, Kingpin, he's already plotting to have um, everyone wiped out as he leaves the country. Um, so, yeah, I think Bendis, I think, wrote uh, Daredevil and Kingpin quite well here. I'm surprised the Punisher isn't here. How, how is the, you, you mentioned he is the one that killed Peter Parker in the Ultimate Universe. How is the Punisher depicted in the Ultimate universe is he does he does he rub shoulders with these guys or is he something more more than this or i honestly don't remember <laughs> okay right yeah he, um like that first moon knight um appearance in the arc called the warriors uh-huh. uh first moon knight appearance in ultimate spider-man that has daredevil moon knight punisher and spider-man teaming up in that as ah, well okay right yeah no, that'll be good as well be something definitely definitely to see um I guess with the Ultimates, you always have a bit of fun with, with all these different characters. Uh, of course, we see Peter having recently gone out with uh, Kitty Pride, and she makes her way to to the high school, Midtown Midtown High. Uh, that was a bit of fun as well. Uh, your, your typical Spider-Man, I guess, relationship dynamics there between himself, MJ, and Kitty Pride. I found that quite enjoyable to, to follow through. Yeah, he has a bunch of different romances. Uh, 
uh, yeah, Gwen, uh, Mary Jane, Kitty. I think it's another woman as well. Yeah. D- Gwen's dead in this, right? Did she die earlier on? Or, like, was she alive? No, no, she's still around. She, oh, she, she alive? Oh. oh, okay. Oh, that's right, because Peter says that the Green Goblin threw Mary Jane off the bridge. Yeah. Right, but he obviously obviously saves her because she's still around. Ah, okay, I see, I see. Uh, yeah, no, it was really fun um, having her there. There's a bit of um, you get a bit of the mutant kind of uh, kind of thing going on in the high school with a with a bit of um, is it is it Liz? Liz is a a bit uh, yeah, Liz Allen. Yeah, mutant phobic, uh, which is a shame. Uh, but yeah, it's good to have Kitty there. Um, I'm just bouncing around here, kind of looking at the different characters. Uh, we spoke of Doctor Strange, of course. He's uh, a bit bit different now, uh, a bit of a philand- uh, philanderer. He, um, there's that bit as well where he's meant to be meditating, right? And he, he just um, he gets around. He gets around as well. Geez, they're all they're all Casanovas, aren't they? Um, I was a little disappointed in Shang Chi being um, being number one. Um, Kind of overwhelmed by Kingpin and his and his thugs so easily. I mean, uh, for the master of um, master of kung fu, he uh, he wasn't he didn't prove that effective um, for me. One thing I did like though is I do like how Mark Bagley draws Shang Chi um, because many times uh, a lot of artists tend to draw Asian characters um, as if they're like Caucasian. Um, you know, I can only think of a handful who don't. I mean, even I'm a big fan of the... There was a recent four-parter, um, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, which came out, oh, I don't know, uh, 2013, 2014. Um, really good art, but uh, the depiction of Shang-Chi was a bit... I thought, I thought a bit off. Um, I know David Ayer, who did Matt Fraction's um, Hawkeye. He draws a, a kick-ass... Um, Shang Chi, and uh, in this one here, Mark Bagley does a very good job, I think, of um, of depicting Shang Chi. Yeah, I totally forgot he was um, the like uh, the first kind of um, he's in like that first panel as the fake goon. Mm. That was a nice surprise. I think this is pretty common knowledge, but Bendis absolutely hates Danny Rand for some reason. I don't know why. Ah, right. He fucking hates him. Like yeah, he hates okay. that character. That's why he's this betrayer. Thing, oh, right. Bendis just hates Danny Rand. I don't know why. Why? I wonder, I, I wonder why. I, know. I mean, he's a, fictitious, he's a fictitious character for one. I mean, what does I he... I think have? he hated... He hated Hawkeye too. I believe that's why he made him Ronan in the first place as well. Ah, okay. Right. Right, and uh, and speaking of Bendis, because I'm flicking through this, I think we do get a cameo here of Bendis as well. Did you pick that up? I'm sure one of these um, Midtown High students, the one where they introduce Kitty, um, I think it's in 107, issue 107, there's a bald guy with a goatee, and there is one shot of him where he really does look like Brian Michael Bendis. So I think he's inserted himself, Alfred Hitchcock. He loves to do it in any police scene. Okay. Every, like, police office scene is a running gag where there's just something weird happening in it. Ah, because I know he did that with Defenders. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, Yeah, like in this one, um, in 110, the police in here is a female version of Cloak and Dagger getting arrested. And he never brings that up. It's just like, there's just like these weird background throw-ins. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Cloak and Dagger. That was pretty good to see as well. Um, but anyway, I don't know. Any other big um, big points here, uh, Mooney-related for you, Connor Shu, that we can discuss? 
Uh, the only, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. just having a quick flick through again. Yeah, the only the only thing I can think of as well, um, I do like how Bagley's. Uh, there's a slight alteration to Moon Knight's costume. Um, you can pretty much see more of his face behind. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good, isn't it? it? It's um, it's not just a black. You know, he's not just in shadow, or it's not just um, uh, obvious, just white mask. Uh, he's got the crescent moon on his forehead, like Mister Knight. Uh, but he he has a yeah, he has a unnerving kind of presence to him. His cape as well seems to be almost it's patterned with it seems like craters of the moon or something. That's all I can think of. It it's got like a linings on there, kind of like a camouflage. Um, so he's he definitely looks slightly different to um to the moon knight we know um but uh yeah no um any anything else maybe Connor? No, no um yeah i i'll just like iterate again mm-hmm. um i just, yeah i i i really do love this representation i'm excited to track down the warriors arc as well and cover that one mm-hmm. but yeah i just love this version of moon knight i love the interactions inside his head and this big astral plane that plays out and these um constant like philosophical battles within. Yes. And yeah, I won't agree with everyone, but I'll always be happy to see him. And even if he made a return, I'd kind of love it somehow. Mm. Yeah. I, I agree as well. I, I really like how Bendis has dealt with it. it. It does add, I don't know, because it could be done in, in many ways, like, in the Bemis run where you, you get the like a snapshot of Mark's mind with you know, with all of them sitting on the rock fishing and all that, it, it can it can portray a different sort of kind of um kind of tone. But this one there is a there's such a level of um instability in in his personality with it. I mean they keep on the little girl is as you're saying the voice of reason and stuff but then you get Ronan and then you get the visage of of the Moon Knight persona in there and there's just a little bit of evil or unhingedness to them in it and I think Bendis does it really well with it so um uh yeah I enjoyed you know and I think yeah I think most of it has to do with what I said before I think it's because Moon Knight's actually paid attention here so that's why I kind of enjoyed it um he actually has something to do here uh but yeah we we know that some of the loonies didn't really enjoy this as well um yeah um but uh you know to each their own it's yeah. all it's all good um yeah uh look it's not really Moon Knight related, uh, but just I just wanted to ask your thoughts, Connor, on uh, the last issue, uh, 111, The Talk. Oh, uh, a great issue. It was. It's very Bendisy, wasn't it? It was just basically, so basically the story's wrapped up, and this is a, a, a huge epilogue, so to speak, and it's the talk that, you know, was coming for a long while, and it's between Art May and Peter Parker, and uh, Aunt May having recently uh, found out that Peter is Spider-Man. And much of it, isn't it? Just a conversation between the two. I found the um, there was a little bit in the third act, I think, or just between the second and second act and third, where Peter's talking about his exploits as Spider-Man. I found that a little... Um, it kind of just took away a bit from the story. It had that guy that was, you know, the, the Spots. I don't know what his name is. Um, the villain, you know, that can make yeah. black holes. I think it's just Spot. It's just Spot, yeah. It, it's. Um, I found that a bit weird because it was just not connected to anything. I mean, I know he's just talking about, you know, him as Spider-Man 
you know, in general. But I just found that really out of place. Um, yeah, I don't know what you thought about it. Did you did you like it or? Yeah, oh, well, the fight is uh, what um, Peter's describing to Aunt May in the side. You know, describing yes. you know this yeah. daily danger fights. Um, yeah, you know, I um. Yeah, no, I really like this issue. I think it definitely works with a lot more build-up than you got, sadly. You know, this is 111 issues in. Yeah, that's right. hundred. There's like 100 issues of him hiding his identity yeah. from uh, Aunt May and all these things. So, you know, when I got to this and my binge read, not knowing it was coming, it was such a great emotional hit. Yeah. Which I think you kind of miss. And, yeah, it was just like – and binge reading it at once, when you got to this after all this time, it was just such a – it was just such a lovely moment. Yeah, that would have been quite powerful, actually. Yeah, I, I can, I can kind of see that. But yeah, you're right. I mean, did you ever read the six one six version of this? Uh, of of the spot, um, the fight. Was no, spot, no, no, no. Of of the talk where um, Aunt May and oh. Peter finally talk about his identity. Uh, it it is, only is that... happened in the early two thousand. I think it was JMS. Yeah. Uh, oh, was it? Uh, I'm sorry, JMS. Is that Straczynski? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I, I have read that, yeah, uh, a while ago. But, uh, yeah, I've read most of Straczynski's run. Um, yeah, I remember that vaguely, but I can't compare it to this one, though. W- was it much different or very much the same? Uh, it was kind of similar, but I think that was also just brilliant. Okay, yeah, it was. Yeah, check that one out again, yeah. Oh, man, uh, his run, I must say, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, yeah, so anyone who wants i mean there's so much spider-man stuff out there um i know connor you're a you're a big spider-man fan um he's one of those that you just you just have to kind of i don't know if you follow marvel or whatever uh he's a really good comic book to 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 get he's very very popular but jms um yes yeah, he's a really good run he introduces morlin i guess and uh and the whole totem i guess the whole spider thing um yeah really really good but yeah okay uh yeah i i don't know uh is there, are we are we good to rate this kind of then I think so i think we covered this yeah okay um so out of uh out of our highly convoluted system of the <laughs> moon phases uh it being as low as a new moon, which is 9 out of 10, to a full moon, 10 out of 10. Uh, if it's something extra special, we give it a blue moon. It's uh, You only get that once in every blue moon. Uh, this would have to fall... I Oh, God, man, I did enjoy this a lot. I would have to say I would give this a waxing, a waxing gibbous... A waxing gibbous, so that's um, above a three-quarter moon. So we're looking about eight, maybe maybe up at the high end of that, maybe eight and a half out of ten. Um, really enjoyable stuff, uh, and I don't know. I think if you just love comics in general, that you'll appreciate this. Even if you aren't a Spider-Man fan, it's just a really good um, fleshing out of characters. It's not too bendersy, <laughs> if you can say that. I mean, like in from hindsight, we know these days. People kind of lock onto that style, and and it does seem to be grating sometimes. Um, I think he's in his zenith here, um, doing ultimates, uh, really good. But yeah, about eight and a half. How about yourself, Konishu? I would definitely have to agree. Uh, yeah, I think totally hit on the head. If you like superhero comics, if you like street level characters, obviously this is called Ultimate Knights in reference to Marvel Knights back mm-hmm. in the day, you know, which is a great bring of all these characters together again. 
the Warriors Ark also did that. Uh, there's a great message, uh, great battle of ideologies between uh, Daredevil and Spider-Man that really hits well. I think Kingpin is such a brilliantly violent presence in this. Yeah. Uh, and I love this representation of Moon Knight. Obviously, I hate how much it shits on Danny Rand, but apart from that, yeah, it's just <laughs> it's really strong. Like I said, I remember this role from binge reading this, so that shows, you know, yeah. You know how much I love this. So yeah. 100%. And if you're like Ray and haven't read Ultimate Spider-Man, mm. bloody get on it. Yeah, I think I should. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and you, you reminded me as well with Kingpin. I uh, forgot to mention, I also love the fact that he not only got to Spider-Man like physically, you know, and, and uh, you know, got his thugs to bring him in and, and him to interrogate him, but he also got the rights to Spider-Man, which um, from his corporate side, his business acumen, uh, he pretty much beats Spider-Man in that regards in the sense that uh, win or lose against Spider-Man, Kingpin is still making money off off Spider-Man, off his, um, off his name. So he, he, through a couple of companies that own another company, he acquires the license of Spider-Man. And so actually at the end of the whole arc, apart from the talk, which is the last issue, so at the end of 110, you see Peter walking really solemnly um, past a whole lot of Spider-Man merchandise, which he knows will just fund kingpin and his uh his empire so really bleak kind of in that in that regards um and does really well i think again uh, reiterate bendis does really well um for kingpin um in writing kingpin so yeah so there you go so there you go loonies eight and a half all round so definitely worth a check out um we'll put the links in the show notes also from our amazon affiliate program you can find links on our episode to take you straight to Amazon to purchase the uh, these issues if you wish or the trade. Um, and, uh, yeah, a small bit of it will go towards our show as well just to um, uh, for, for us to just to keep the lights on. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, so a, a very good choice, a happy accident, as you said, Connor, um, but uh, a really good one. We actually have a couple of... Just a couple of small uh, bits of feedback. Um, now, again, I'll have to um, confess to all you loony listeners, I haven't produced a, a prompt sheet here for Connor, so um, for both of us. So um, I've got one from Ether Summerson here, if I can hit up oh, that. So lovely. Okay. Uh, he says, Pendus uh, is awful at writing Moon Knight. The trade is good, though. 8 out of 10 for the story, 3 out of 10 for Mark. Hey. No, well, I mean, fair enough. I mean, oh, he, totally. Yeah, exactly. Um, eight out of ten, excellent. I mean, that's kind of along our lines of thinking. Uh, wasn't a fan of how he treated Mark, um, but as Connor and I said, uh, didn't mind it because it was in the Ultimate Universe. Uh, but I, I can see where you're coming from, Ethan. So, um, yeah, thanks for that. Um, we also have another one, Connor. It came in via Twitter. One of our Woo. yeah first feedbacks via Twitter. Um, it comes from Max Fisher, at Max Fisher. Uh, he said, basically, he did not like the crescent moon on Moon Knight's forehead. So, um, there you go. Thanks, Max. Did Did you not like it, Connor, as well? Or did you not mind it? No, I like it. I think it kind of, like, almost kind of sticks out as more handmade or something. Maybe mm. cheaper made as well. Yeah, I mean, like I, like I mentioned as well, I like the way that the fabric was depicted, um, the bagley had a different look on the fabric. Um, I'm sure, Connor, 
in volume eight, it's shown differently because I've seen images of it. Um, we see Moon Knight with a hood down, right, a bit more. Will we see it more there in in volume eight? Uh, because, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because because on the cover of volume eighteen, you see him with the hood down, but for most of this this arc, he's got the hood up. So it's more kind of classic Moon Knight. You don't you know you don't see as much the crescent on the forehead, although it's obvious. But um, it's a bit more apparent when he's got the hood down. Uh, I uh, I don't mind it. Um, I don't know. It reminds me of Mister Knight. I know he wasn't created back then, but um, yeah, it just uh, it's pretty cool. Um, maybe Max, yeah, maybe maybe too many crescent moons because he does have it on the, on the chest as well. So maybe that's a bit of an overload there. But uh, there you have it, our Mooney missives just for this arc. Um, please, loonies, if you um, if you are keen on on these issues or any of the issues that we've covered, um, please don't hesitate to to drop us a line, uh, share us your thoughts. We love to discuss them on the show, and uh, this is a brilliant segue, Connor. Where can loonies, how can loonies contact us? Uh, well, they can do us a bunch of places. Uh, we are at uh, Into the Night Podcast at WordPress.com. That is our website. We post everything, updates, episodes, newsletters, uh, links to all the other great collective podcasts. We are Facebook.com slash ITK Moon Knight, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, uh, yes. Cool. Uh, yeah, we cut chairs a while ago. Um, that is also. We're, just where we post it on our Facebook page uh, at ITK Moon Knight is our Twitter version. We're on Tumblr, uh, YouTube, um, all good podcasts. Catch you want to listen. If you want to join a fantastic uh, community of loonies, though, you cannot go past facebook.com slash group slash ITK Moon Knight. We love it in there. We passed 700 med- uh, uh, members chatting every day. We've got a Facebook chat group as well if you if you're somehow not sick of us. <laughs> and so you can write feedback, new ideas, you know. We're always happy for feedback. And uh, our email address is just uh, moonlightpodcast at gmail.com, yeah? Um, yeah? That was the old one. It's it's now easier. It's ITK Moon Knight. Uh, so like, oh, the, yeah, like the Twitter handle, like the Facebook group, um, just, yeah, ITK Moon Knight at uh, gmail.com. So you can find us there. Yeah. Um, and so next phase, next phase, loonies, have we got something new for you? Uh, next phase... We are into the last quarter. That will be the phase of the moon. So we haven't had one of them on the weekend for a while. Anyway, it is on next weekend, and that means we have our Avatars of Vengeance review. And that is a review of uh, video games, basically. So, um, so Connor, uh, you, myself, and I believe we've been talking to the Rick Ball special, uh, we've got to come up with uh, some review of Moon Knight in, in video games. Uh, should be exciting. I am very keen. I cannot <laughs> wait. I'm glad to have Rick Ball back. And, yeah, we're hoping, maybe not next week, but we're also hoping to covering all the Ultimate Alliance games this year. So get, yeah. I'm, I'm getting very excited for that, with three dropping this year as well alongside Rick Ball. So yeah. get your ears out. Oh, yeah. Be keen. Absolutely, that's um, that's going to be on for sure next time we, well, you know, when it when it is released and the next time we do have our Avatars of Vengeance, um, that will be cool. But yes, so uh, check us out there if you can, loonies. We are running out of time here. Uh, thank you so much for dropping by. Um, and Connor, I guess oh, it's been a while since um, since we've been signing off. Oh, we have, no, we sign off every week. I'm about to say. I'd like to think so. <laughs> uh, what do we usually tell our loony listeners, my good sir? Uh, that may contribute to the denizens of the night. Thank you.
you. Catch you later. Bye. and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.